I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, dammit! Ah, we'll have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You wanted your file? I found you your file. You wanted out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you no use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlet. I knows you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was gonna love me? Who, who was gonna make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets your shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost it right this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and I've had a very rough 37 years, and I need a break. I'm so glad you chose that one. And my name is Colin Trucker, and and what are we going to say? Liza Minnelli stole our Buick? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I when I when I came across that line, I was like, I just turned thirty-seven, I and know. I've had a very. No, I haven't had a very rough thirty-seven years, but it's perfect, you know. I as soon as she said that, I thought, a thirty-seven. I know. And then B, I thought, I hope that that's your entering your your yeah. entrance line. My entrance line. For yeah. The workroom. I hope was that. I hope that was the moment you realized. Ah, this movie, I can I can settle in. It's speaking yes, to me. Yeah, I understand getting away from your kids the whole summer. Right, except that woman, I don't mean to age shame, but she looks like Blythe Danner now. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah. 37. It's so weird. She has Judith Light vibes, yes. too, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's a 1991 37, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. And I know what that means, yeah. Yeah, right? It was, you know, people, people were older. People, ages were older when we were younger. <laughs> yep. I know. <laughs> but somehow that makes sense. Yeah. Yes, I get it. Um, <clears throat> but speaking of things from when we were younger, I am so excited because we are here to talk about, I mean, certainly uh, the BSA in my heart, you know, Rose Lindsay, but so much, I think, to appreciate about 1991's Don't Tell Mom, The Babysitter's Dead. I'm so glad you chose this. I did not expect this movie. I don't know what I was expecting. I was expecting some sort of like dark comedy, I guess. I don't know what movie I can maybe make a comparison to, but I really did think the babysitter was going to stick around for a while. And mm-hmm. she's she's kind of gone within the first 15 minutes, really. Yeah, like spoilers, folks, but the babysitter dies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am so excited about this because, I mean, this has been, this is imprinted on my soul. Uh, as Joe Beth Williams says in Poltergeist, she went through my soul. <laughs> but, and I'm holding up my scarf for Beatrice Strait to smell. Um, yes. But uh, you had never seen this before. Not a clip, not anything, really. That is, and I don't mean this in like, how did you never see this? Before? Yeah, I mean, how that's did, my whole life. How did that's my it brand. miss you? How did this miss you? I don't know. I mean, because I mean, I was five when it came out and I I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out where along the if I probably would have discovered it, you know, in those early cataloging years, as we've talked about before, like high school, college or someone would have made me I'm surprised my cousin Janice didn't make me watch this or yeah. like suggest it. You know what I mean? On, um, but I know slacking. Um, but she or but I um, just never 
I, it never even crossed anything in my life and never came up in conversation. Like, like what you're saying, like, Oh my gosh, you haven't seen that. You definitely should. Like none of that until this moment. Wow. That's I know. so it's, I just, I don't, I, it's so exciting. I, there's, it, it's like coming across fresh snow. I'm like, Oh, <gasps> It's not full of gravel and cat poop. Um, I know. As snow yeah. is often. Because um, this was, I mean, I guess the way, like, I, you know, because I'm, I'm, you know, only a year older than you. And so this was not something <clears throat> that was necessarily a part of my, uh, or, you know, was a part of my childhood when it came out. But like so many other things, HBO, TNT, TBS, you know, a, a Saturday afternoon in the spring, at one o'clock on USA, ooh, you know, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Let's get the Elios in the toaster oven and let's make this afternoon happen. That's that's where this lives in my childhood. It just it it showed up in my life like an aunt who appeared every few years and was like, "Hey, I'm coming to visit." You know? Oh, I love that. That's a great comparison. I'm so glad to be talking about it. And you you did do an episode on All Right, Mary, or uh, on this movie. What am I trying to say? You did this for an episode on All Right, All Right. <laughs> Here I go. Here I go. Here she. I'm here he goes again. <laughs> yeah, I know. Here I go. Okay. What's my weakness? Podcasting. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Like, I'm Angela kidding. Bassett did the thing. <laughs> um, yes. If if Angela Bassett can do the thing, you can get that sentence out. Yes, I tried. I really tried. Um, so yes, we did a Matreon episode. Uh, like early on, this was like our third Matreon episode or something. So this was from years ago. Um. But yeah, this has always been uh, just a, a fixture, and and one of those movies that the older I got and the more I saw it and ran into it again on on you know uh, HBO or whatever, the more of it I understood. Like this is one of those movies I saw as a kid and was like, I didn't get half of these jokes, especially like anything with Gus. I was like, all of this is way over Ew, my head. God, yeah, he's so gross. Yeah, but you know. Uh, maybe I I might I might have a white wine spritzer with him. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But that might just be uh, a me problem. Um. So, <laughs> you know, uh, overall, did you? And you don't have to like it just because I do. Because like I also there's that thing of like people who grew up with Hocus Pocus like a lot more than people like me who did yeah. not. Uh, what did you think? How did you feel? What did what, what do you got? What do you got? What do I got? I really did like this movie. I feel like it's one part, um, I almost said John Waters, but who's the guy that just writes like like uh, 16 Candles and Pretty Amazing? John Pink. Hughes. John Hughes meets like, I guess almost like a little bit of The Breakfast Club with like like a ragtag bunch of teenagers meets like uh meets like working girl you know what i mean it's i didn't i did not expect her to get a job i was so nervous for her but you know then we meet rose because i had no idea how that quote was even incorporated into the movie but as soon as she said it i was like ah i've arrived Mm -hmm. and i think christina applegate is perfection i just think she's so because i think she was 20 years old her and josh charles josh charles ah Oh boy! I mean, Josh Charles, present day, good lord, him on the Good Wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd have a white wine spritzer or six with him. Absolutely, yeah. I'd have a martini and Rossi, you know, uh, bitter and sweet, or whatever she orders with Gus. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. A little bit of both. A little bit of both. Yeah. Um, but overall, yeah, I I thought this movie was very fun, and I I loved the sort of, you know, that everyone kind of, or at least Christina Applegate's character. 
um, swell or Suellen, however you want to. And it took me like the whole movie to realize that like swell is like a version, just like a like a slurry version of Suellen. I'm mm-hmm. assuming, right? Yeah, okay, it's cool. S U E L L L. It's always been what it is in my head. Yeah. Yes, but I think in the captions it kept saying S W E L L. So I was like, what's that mean? Um, oh. But you know, I was. I was a little stoned when I was watching it, so it was just, you know, I figured it out towards the end. Right, right. But um, I like the idea of, like, kind of... I wish there was, like, more... I My one thing that I wish was in this movie was, like, a little scene at the end where Christina Applegate says, like, you know what, Mom? I... I never realized how hard it was and I love you. You know, one of those things, mm. you know, but you kind of... It's understood, I guess, near the end of it because they really turn themselves around. Thank God. Yes. No, certainly. I think if anything, it's like, you know what, mom, we don't need you here. So if you want to, you know, pack up your, you know, your this this get up you came home in uh, and, and head back to Sydney, we're good. You know? Yeah, that hat was dirty. Did you ever catch that? I guess it was kind of dirty. I mean, it, it certainly was something that she must have purchased there because she went to Australia with nothing but a briefcase. Good lord! Did you notice that in the beginning, where she like oh, wait, a briefcase? No, had, I didn't. No, clearly she had, I didn't. She had no luggage, she, and she was wearing like, uh, like a speaking of working girl, like a power suit to you know fly you know fifteen hours, that. um, with with a an old businessman suitcase or uh, briefcase and a pocketbook. I was like, nothing about this is uh, you're you are just going to go to a Holiday Inn downtown and just get away from the kids for a couple weeks. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? I mean, moms, I hear you. Right. I I feel like every mom needs that sort of. Uh, it's like the opposite of like a baby moon. It's like once you have kids, you need you you just need a sabbatical. Yeah, mommy moon. Yeah. Yeah, mommy moon. Mommy moon. Um, I do love though because this is gonna happen this weekend. I'm going to New Hampshire for Keon's dad's uh, birthday party, and I don't have to bring much because I'm only I'm leaving on Friday and I'm coming back on Sunday, and I love like just having like maybe I'm going to try to maybe just take a backpack. I think I probably won't will not achieve what I need, you know, because mm. I'll probably overpack, but I love traveling light. Oh, I agree completely. I I when I went down to Georgia to see my parents, I packed very light. I had a backpack and then I had like a very a, a very moderately sized little, you know, it was this like cool, not quite a duffel bag, but duffel-ish that I found in some vintage store and it it you know it kind of looks like an old looks like i'm like a i don't know like a, a a high school guy in the 70s i don't know it's got that kind of feel um i like that it's like, I like that red and has kind of that like gold you know dark you know i don't know that kind of gold that was popular in the 70s you know what i mean i could imagine that i have something kind of similar i found like a members only suitcase mm-hmm. at like a and it's so cool. And it's like an actual suitcase. And I usually do take it. I've used it far more than I ever thought I would. But it has, it's like tan. And it has mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It's it's cool though. Yeah, tan gold. That's probably what it is. It's more tan. with like, Yeah. But in any event, it felt so good to just be like traveling light. And I was just like, ugh. And, and I'm as soon as I get out of this, you know, off this plane, I don't have to go to baggage claim. Because that's a big thing. And I know you're not flying. But like when you do travel, like I... I do not like to check a bag, especially like I do not, especially when I'm like getting home. I don't want to then have like I've gone through the whole tr- journey, actually either direction. I don't want to have to then stop and stand by a carousel and hope my bag made it. You know, have you ever lost your luggage? Mm, knock on wood. I don't think so. 
No, but neither have I. No. Also knocking on wood. Yeah, I. I feel like I always try to at least pack one day of clothes in my carry-on or whatever I have on me on the plane. I feel like that's like a hot tip just in case, mm-hmm. you know. But um, gosh, I can't even imagine like losing luggage like internationally. I feel like I'd break out in the hives, you know. I guess, I don't know though. Like there's part of me that's like, well, it's gone and uh, I'm going to buy some new shit too. As I, If you have the luxury and I guess like, the privilege of having money to do so too but like because otherwise it's just like it's the worst thing that could ever happen minus losing your passport yeah yeah which i've done yeah that (laughs) i I think i'd rather lose my passport than lose my carry-on because it's like i don't know stuff it's yeah yeah, it's like well uh it's all my stuff it's all all, it's all the things i wanted to wear on my vacation these were the these were the clothes i liked you know um very true well, anyway, uh, mom, the titular mom, it, it does not have a, and, and let's let's give her a name. She is mom is played by Conchetta Tomei. Is that what it was? Oh, really? Oh my God, you're right, Conchetta Tomei. Any relation to uh, Marissa? Uh, Marissa? Conchetta Tomei. Let's, because you know, I feel like in all the times, I feel like even when we talked about this on All Right, Mary, I don't feel like we really did. A respectable deep dive into Conchetta, Conchetta Murray, Conchetta Tomei's uh, filmography, but she did appear in Deep Impact, and uh, you know she's still working. She's still working. She was in nine episodes of Space Force. No, two episodes of Space Force. Still. Oh, cool. Is that the? Excuse me, Steve Carell, like Lisa Kudrow, and like everyone else that just kind of didn't take off. I believe. Yes, I believe that it did get uh, canceled. But yeah. Uh, I, it does not look like we've ever talked about her before on this podcast. And you know what? I don't even know if we will have an opportunity to talk about her on this podcast as I go through her IMDb. Unless That's we talk about the movie Out to Sea. Have you ever seen Out to Sea? Oh, no. Is that like another Walter Matthau? <laughs> yes. Jack Lemmon? Okay, yes. Yeah. And and the reason I, I remember that movie is because Elaine Stritch is in it. And she, of course, plays an Elaine Stritch type. And once they get onto the ship and she gets settled in her room, she goes, oh. I need a crap and a nap. And that always <laughs> stuck with me. Whenever I see her, I just think of, oh, a crap oh, and a nap. Oh, I love that. A crap and relatable. a nap. Yeah. So, um, so that's that's my out to sea story. <laughs> oh, man. Grumpy Old Men was, like I feel like, the first movie in my recollection that we like rented as a family. And my grandparents, well, my, grandpa- my mom's parents, aka my grandparents, they live next door to us and still do. Um, my grandfather has passed since, but uh, like we went over to their house or they came over to our house and we watched it and it was just like so much fun. And I kind of didn't get it, you know, because there's a lot of sexual innuendo, mm. I feel, in that movie. Um, I would love to go back. And I just remember thinking that um, Anne Margaret was like the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Uh, she's and and she's also in. I, I don't know your feelings on Grumpy or Old Men. I love Grumpy or Old Men. I thought it's a it's a worthy sequel i think i like it more than the first one yeah i kind of like it more than the first one i love grumpier old men and i remember going to see that in the theaters it's it's, uh uh, you know of the few memories my brain has held on to from my childhood i remember going to see grumpier old men in the theaters and like watching the outtakes during the credits at the end yes yes and it was so funny oh my god i that you know we could we could do we could do it. We could do an episode on Grumpy. I old think men. we could. Yeah. I mean, those women, yeah, and men, 
Yeah, it's I great. Think it's great. All right. So, and you know, even if we didn't do grumpy and we just did grumpy er, yeah, that's what that's what I was yeah. assuming you were. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, uh, and and I, th- this is a weird running theme, but uh, it's similar to the Elaine Stritch quote from Out to Sea. I always remember Burgess Meredith. I think in Grumpy Old Men saying. You can wish in one hand and crap in the other and see which one gets full first. And oh I think my about God. that all the time, too. Now, he's he's Jack Lemmon's dad. I thought he died in the first one, but does he die in the second one? He does die in the second one. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Then, yeah, that's we're definitely doing that. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be so fun. Oh. oh, I think that'll be really fun. It'll be so good. Um Yeah, because, you know, we're really, you know, we, we're giving the 90s a lot of love these days, and... uh Needs it. Needs it. It needs it. So speaking of the 90s, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Uh, Anybody listening, I assume that you may be in the minority in terms of people who did not know what they were getting into, uh, you know, when watching this movie just recently. Um, I feel like this is probably a familiar concept for a lot of people, but just in case anybody doesn't know, Sue Ellen and her brother Kenny and her little brother... uh, What's his name? Walter, Walter and, and something. Zach and Melissa. Oh my God. She's got these three younger siblings and it's just like, Oh God, get out of here. Um, but anyway, they're left alone by their mother in this like rambling, filthy house in the boonies, uh, outside of LA. I guess there's boonies outside of LA, yeah. uh, or in LA. Uh, but they're left alone or almost left alone for two months when their mother goes to Australia, except Hong Kong. She, Hired a babysitter, Mrs. Starak. What a piece of work this lady is. Yeah. I did not I mean it it's I don't know why I didn't see it coming, but it makes sense. Yeah, it is in like, the title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean oh. I know she does of just like her change in demeanor, yeah. I'm oh like, yeah, I didn't realize I'm a babysitter just, would be in this. Can movie. you imagine? <laughs> Um, well, she's you know, uh the actress who plays Mrs. Stark is Ida Rice Marin, uh, who's been in, in a whole bunch of things, but I'll tell you, I don't know if you got this. I got big Uda Hagen from Mrs. Sturek. Sure. Now that we've kind of entered our Uda stage, yeah. Uda era, I, I, I can get on board with that. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine Uda Hagen who's been in exactly two movies and hates movies and thinks they're, you know, for, uh, slow people, uh, she used a much, uh, more oh, offensive yes. word. Oh, Remember that? God, yeah. yeah. Uh, can you imagine if this was the third movie in her filmography, the title role of the babysitter and don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. I would have such, res- I'd have such respect for Uta Hagen's humility. Yeah. It kind of works. Yeah. I would love that. And honestly, you know, Ida Rice, I think she did a great job. I thought she was really, she was awesome. Yeah. She made me laugh. Um, I would not want to be living in that house for the summer. I'll tell you that much. I mean, I didn't see an air conditioner anywhere. I just want to say oh, that. Oh, God, I know. Like you, So many chores. So many chores. And I mean, that is something we talked about this in the house arrest episode, and I think is probably what gave birth to this episode, is the, the messiness of this house, the uh, progressively aggressive messiness of this house. That kitchen. There's one th- if there's one thing that makes me itch is just like, dishes in the sink it can like make me go from like zero to even if they're at my own dishes that i know that you know at the time you're just like i'll do them later i just can't do it right now and then you either wake up to it or you're about to go to bed or last night i can't believe i did this but i can 
I washed my sheets and I wanted to put them back on the bed because I just like this these certain pair of sheets that we got. So I was like so tired and about to go to bed and I like lifted up the comforter and realized that I didn't put the sheets on. And they were they were dry, thank God. But I had to go all the ugh. way down in the basement and then make the bed and ugh, God. Oh my God, that's uh, first world problems. First world here. problems. But you know, I the other night I had I had changed my sheets and I was like, oh, I'll, I stripped the bed and I was like, oh, I'll put I'll put sheets on the bed later. And I think it was like, I don't know, it was like eight o'clock and I was going downstairs for something and I was like, Colin, make that bed now. You later is not going to want to make that bed. You later is going to want to come upstairs. And guess what's ready for you? The bed. We, yeah. We got to be always I, thinking about future us. I know. And it's it's like a huge problem, I feel, for both of us that like uh, I think of and I did it this morning and I was so grateful that I did because it takes like two minutes. It's just like setting the coffee oh, to be just yeah. like the flick of a button because we have a very like fancy smancy schmancy. Um, uh coffee maker that does like espresso and it makes regular coffee but it doesn't have a timer or like a like an alarm which i used to love on our old coffee maker it would just be like made when i woke up mm. and i'd be like oh but i was so gl- glad i did it right and it's like the it just isn't that hard i had a similar thing i think this morning where it was like i because i i make water i make water i make water um <laughs> yeah, just sharing all the details here. water into wine yeah folks, i make water yeah. and then uh that gets me my gets my day going but i make coffee with the french press and so oh, yeah. oh yes yeah Go on. and so it was like there was the french press sitting on the counter not clean <sighs> pr- all old grinds pressed down and i was yep. like oh i don't wanna and like a minute and a half because the great thing about a french press you 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 know, pour out whatever's in there, put some water in there, you know, get a little bit rinsed, fill it with some water and some soap, and then you just plunge the shit out of it, and it creates, it cleans itself, basically. Yeah. I love cleaning my French press, actually. I I, I get such a thrill out of it. <laughs> I thought you said I love cleaning my French French press sexually, and I was like, well, well if whatever floats your boat. Yeah. I, picture you, I picture you walking in the kitchen, picking up the French press, and like, like a la Diane Keaton and Family Stone, like, oh, god damn it. <laughs> There's supposed to be another pot right there. Who doesn't know the rules? No, the rules. <laughs> um, I was about to make a pot. I don't know what her line is. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know. Ugh. <laughs> 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 what a time. I love the family stone. Me too. Oh, yeah. that's a good movie. That's a good Diane Keaton movie. Yeah. Um, my, my friend just told me, and the reason I, I say that is because my friend just mentioned to me the other night about this Diane Keaton movie that's basically like it's a 13 going on 30 kind of movie, except it's about some girl who like wishes she was like a lot older. And so she becomes Diane Keaton. It's called Mac and Rita. I think I've heard of that title surprisingly enough, but I, I of course have not seen the movie. Yeah. It's uh, I th- here's a, here's a little description. Uh, a 30 year old spends a wild weekend in Palm Springs and wakes up to find she has magically transformed into her 70 year old self. I mean, relatable content, but like, <laughs> come on. Like, we're already there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's something to consider uh, if we want, you know, if we really want to wade into the waters of, of Diane Keaton at her worst. Uh, just so you know, co stars Wendy Malick, Lois Smith, <gasps> and Loretta Devine. So, oh, okay. Oh, and Nicole Byer shows up in it too. Oh wow! So that's like I feel like that's newer then, unless it was like a movie from back in the day that Nicole Byer was in. No, I think it's from like twenty twenty. Oh, it's from earlier this year or last year, twenty twenty two. Yeah, it's 
probably not promoter because of Will. Because of Will? Because of Will and the slap. Mac and Rita Listen. didn't get promoted because of Will and the slap? Oh, I'm just, it came out in 2022 and wasn't that like when Will won his Oscar so they wouldn't be like, you know, a movie with him wouldn't really be like a hit, I'm saying. Well, he wasn't in, he isn't in this movie. I thought you said Will Smith. Who did, who did you say? I said Lois Smith. Lois Smith. <laughs> wow. It must have like, the mic must have cut out or something. I don't know yeah. what happened, But I was like, Will Smith and Loretta Devine. I was like, that doesn't really add up, but okay. We're back on track. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And I, I'll take Lois Smith any day. Right, right. Smith, right. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, well, um, anyway, just a little, just a little Mac and Rita tangent. <laughs> so, uh, so yes, they, to bring us back to Don't Mom, the babysitter's dead. Uh, yes, 10 minutes in, the babysitter dies. Yeah. And instead of, you know, handling it in any sort of legal way or God forbid calling their mother, they basically, it's like, uh, you know, uh, if you liked seeing Christina uh, Applegate hide a dead body and dead to me, you're going to love seeing her hide a, you know, get rid of a dead body and don't tell mom the babysitter is dead. Oh, yeah, that's true. What a trend. Right? Trend alert. Uh, yeah, she definitely, like, put a body in a safe uh, or, you know, in or, in or in some kind of similar box in both. But they uh, dispose of her body at a funeral home and then they are free to roam and... Um, you know, there's a there was there was an element of like, ooh, I, I, I would love this reality where it's like, and now we've just got the whole summer to ourselves, and mom's ten thousand miles away. I know, but the money, Colin. They don't know where the money the is. Money. So then they go food shopping, and then that's when they realize that the money was still on Mrs. Sturak. So Sue Ellen needs to get a job. And uh, her first uh, her first gig is working at the Clown Dog, I believe, and that's where she meets little old Brian, played by baby faced Josh Charles. That's the perfect description. He's like so doughy. He's like he hasn't like he's. N I mean, obviously, he well, he was twenty when he filmed this too, but like he. You know, I'm so used to him now. It's like he's not a man yet, but I kind of, I think he's like the perfect sort of responsible boy next door who has the job kind of guy. He is. And I think through high school and even to college, I feel like whenever I would see this, I think, oh, Brian, like, oh, to be courted by, by Brian, you know, and, and there was, I don't know, there was just everything you're saying uh, I was, I would feel. And then like watching it this time, I was like, oh. What a little dweeb, you know, but like in a loving way, but what a dweeb. And so I just, it was, yeah. uh, I guess, you know, yeah, realizing that like in the same way that people were older when we were younger, people are now younger now that we're older. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Brian doesn't seem like the, the cool kind of like head in the college guy anymore, you know? Yeah, I I do think that him and uh, Christina Applegate have really great chemistry. Like even when they're like under that dock and they're about to kiss, I feel like they've really found a way to make that feel because it's not like the best written scene. I can always appreciate when like a script really isn't great, but, you know, the actors kind of go with it. It just felt like, I don't know, very organic. I think for like this kind of like slightly lowbrow comedy i thought it was a yeah it was a surprisingly 
kind of human little conversation they were having on the beach. Uh, I'll tell you, for most of my life, I had no idea what a grunion was. Do you know what? To, do you know what that is? I don't is? know either, actually. All right. Well, it looks like it involves some fish. Okay, grunions. Here we go. Grunion run. Here we go. Google's going to tell us. Uh, so what is a grunion run? A grunion run refers to the activity of catching grunion, a type of fish, when they come out at night to spawn during the spring and summer in Southern California. Uh, and I guess they kind of sort of explain that in the movie. But I just, I, whenever he would say, oh, do you want to go see the grunion run? And then she'd be like, oh, I love grunion. I'm like, what is grunion run like a... Is it like a a place? You know what I mean? Oh, we're going to Grunion Run, you know? Yeah, it sounds cuz isn't there like a a trail in in LA like Runyon? Is that what it's called? Yes, there's And I think I'm thinking of that instead. That you're that's exactly what I would think of. Oh, isn't there Runyon Canyon? Canyon. Like Runyon Canyon. Canyon. Yeah. So there was Grunion. And so I think that's what I would confuse is like so you going What are we doing? What are we yeah. doing? Why are we not hiking? Yeah. Um, I don't like the idea of catching fish in the nighttime, though. I hate like murky water as it is. Is that is that what what this entails? Like catching fish? Like well, I don't think they're or? catching them. I think they're like catching them in the act. It's like you're seeing it, but they're not. Oh, okay. I don't. I guess you could. I guess if you wanted to fish for grunion or grunions, I don't know what the the verb <laughs> the plural is, but um, you could you could get a pole out. But I think what they just wanted to watch fish mate. I think is what was going on here. I see. Yeah, I see. So a line that has always stuck with me and that Johnny and I quote often is when they're talking about going to college and how his, you know, parents wanted to go to some school and study oceanography. And he goes, you know, and I love oceanography. I love it. Love it. <laughs> and he does like, I love it. I love it. Yeah. 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 yeah love it. I love oceanography. Love it. Who doesn't? Oh, who doesn't love oceanography? Um, well, uh, things don't work out at the clown dog, and uh, and on top of that, no, no, I think they don't get their car stolen yet. I think that doesn't happen. Uh, uh, no, no, it does. I think that I feel like yeah, it we're, does. We're almost there, right? Yeah. yeah, she quits the job at Clown Dog. They're running out of food. Uh, I always want to know what is in that <sighs> bag of leftovers. Yes. What do you? Okay, so. I know we don't know the clown dog menu, but we can assume. But so you know, for anyone who's playing along at home, when they when they come home, I think he oh, they get their car stolen when they go to Chuck E. Cheese. A couple of drag queens in a strip mall in the middle of you know. Just, I love that. I love that. There's just like three drag queens steal their car. Yeah, or Mrs. Durack's car. You know. Yes, pretty convincing. Liza's and was it uh, who else was in Marilyn the Monroe? There? And then yeah. the other one I. It didn't look like she was a celebrity. She may have just been like a, I don't know, gotcha. like a Mandrell sister. But uh, I love that. I was like, when they, they come outside of the Chuck E. Cheese and go, drag queens? Uh, and, and, yeah. I, and I know this is like low bar, like, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm you know, not holding, and, and I'm not holding this movie to any standards. But it, I did appreciate that in 1991 that there wasn't any like, oh god, look at those gross dudes stealing our car. I feel like they legitimately talked about them like drag queens. You know what I mean? Yeah, like what are you queens doing in our car? I yeah. think Kenny says. <laughs> yeah. yeah, instead it's just of like, funny that he's like, they, he knew. Yeah, like exactly. And I know that's nothing. Queen. Yeah, but yeah. It, there was a sense of like, ah, you you referred to them as queens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now things are getting desperate, and uh, but more importantly. Uh, what do you think? 
Or if you were Sue Ellen, what do you wish were in those shiny yellow bags of Ooh. leftovers from Clown Dog Deliveries? I'm picturing some French fries, of course, mm-hmm. and I, I'm picturing some regular hot dogs, but I'm also picturing some corn dogs. I feel like that's Ooh. what I would want. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love, I, I, I think they sell them at like, is it Auntie Anne's? Is that the pretzel place? Yes. Okay, yeah. Um, what where they have like the little like pretzel dogs? They're like little nibbles. I love those. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I would love a milkshake, but I don't know if that bag is gonna like support it. Just be like sloshing around everywhere. But um, or like some cokes or something. Oh sure, yeah. Um, and I wonder if clown dog has any because it is it a play on like hound dog i don't know i, I like imagine oh that in my head. I, I don't know i don't know if there was a i don't know if there was a pun i think it was just kind of like the just a the clown movie. dog you know it, yeah. it's just a clown themed restaurant or something yeah. like that yeah um i think i think that's the end of my list what about you um i would say i mean it looks like in a scene and this is like a little detail that i only noticed this time was like at one point later uh um, Kenny calls uh, Sue Ellen when she's at work and he's like yeah this clown dog stuff's almost gone and he's working on a hamburger so I know there was a burger in there I'm gonna say oh. what I've always imagined and this is only based on like having you know what they'd already shown us in the movie was I, I thought there's definitely a couple of chili dogs and the buns are getting kind of mushy, you know? And I imagine there was some kind of like waxy parchment paper around them that you could yes. like see through at this point. Yes, yes, yes. You know? I could picture that. Yeah. I think if there's French fries, they're crinkle cut. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. Uh, the idea of there being a corn dog in there, I didn't even, I didn't even dare to dream. That's an exciting opportunity. A corn dog. Oh my God. I love a corn dog. Yeah. Maybe some onion rings. Oh yes. But you yeah. know, I, and I know it's 1991 and I don't even think they had this back then, but I, I don't want the onion rings with the crumb breadcrumbs on it. I want the beer battered ones. Yeah. I don't Ooh, want the crummy nice. ones, you know? Yep. I, I mean, I will eat both. Yep. I don't discriminate, but um, I like I like that choice. And, you know, drinks-wise, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I feel like if, if there were drinks, they would have been like fountain sodas and are probably pretty flat at this point. So I love like when you would used to order Pizza Hut and you get like a two liter. You know what I mean? Oh, the, yeah. You know, like, I love those. Yeah. Pe- but it was always Pepsi, though. Oh, I guess. Oh, I guess. I don't at least in my, I don't know if that is still the case with Pizza Hut, but I don't know why. It just hmm. feels like Pepsi to me. I guess I never really thought about that, but that is important. Uh, yeah. I've always thought of Pepsi and Domino's as going together. Um, that adds up. And I think it's just the color scheme. It's just the blue and, and the red and both of them. Yeah. But I have this I kind of, that. like, I don't, I don't know what the logic is, but it's like Pepsi is with Ruffles and Coke is with Doritos. I think I... I would agree. I had to process that for a second. Yeah. There's no yeah. logic. It's just like emotionally, does that resonate? You know what I mean? Like I was going to say Coke and Pringles. I don't know why. Ooh. I love a good Pringle. Yeah. I was never a big Pringle person, but I understand that. It, but the more important thing is like Pepsi, Ruffles. It, it That's just... It just goes together. Yeah. It's like peanut butter and jelly. Sour cream and onion dip, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Sue Ellis got to get a job. And uh, I hear you, girl, you know, and you're checking those listings. You're like, nope, I'm not going to work at McDonald's. And then she sees the listing for General Apparel West. And 
gets to doctoring up a resume that doesn't even exist and a little act one gun and one of my favorite things about the movie she starts putting together outfits oh god there's so many great montages about clothes in this movie oh i just i there's a scene later that is pivotal it's that i think for many young gay boys was an awakening um but it, but sure enough, she heads to General Peril West to interview for a receptionist position, and that is where we meet uh, Carolyn, played mm-hmm. by Jane Brooke, who uh, is just in in my world is just forever be known as tapping her head and going personnel. Oh my God, the way that she talked to her at like, I. I hated her so much so quickly. I was like, good on you, Jane Brooke, because you're really selling this. She's she is, I think, iconic in this role. It's a real it, it it's a real kind of cult role because she has she gets to play such a, a nasty nineteen ninety one villain in that in yep. the, that outfit. Which is like everything about like all of her outfits, all the everything about her is just such a great little nineteen ninety one villain. Yeah, it's Almost along the line of like he, he like her and David Duchovny both as Bruce. Oh yeah, it, it very much feels like Derek and Margot from Christmas Vacation. Like I don't know Margot, they're just like slimy in every way. I think that's why I always thought Derek in Christmas Vacation was played by David Duchovny because it. I was always because he looks like David Duchovny in this playing Bruce. Yeah, and I. Do not love a slick back look on David Duchovny. 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 Yeah, you can cuff me any day. <laughs> um, I I don't know why. I just, I don't mind. I shouldn't say that. I feel like I have a very high uh, expectation of men with long hair. Like you have to be a certain type to pull it off and mm-hmm. got to have a good head, good head shape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just, it doesn't work for me. But David Duchovny is handsome. Yeah, he looks like he does like a lot of coke in the bathroom. Yeah. 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 Well, then uh we are graced with the presence of Rose Lindsay played by the Joanna Cassidy. Oh my goodness. I loved her so much. I feel like she is I feel like this is a deceivingly difficult role to play because she has to be aloof enough to hire um sue ellen and not really think twice about it and you know it kind of the way that it kind of unfolds it's like it's very quick and she just like you'll be my assistant it's great and it just kind of magically happens but she also has to be smart enough or like present smart enough to be in this high position too and she's also has to be funny i think she's she kills this it's a great role. It's such a great role that they th- that she's given. I agree with you. She gets to play different levels. She's not meant to be incompetent, even if she is kind of fooled by Sue Ellen, who I have to validate you. I'm looking at IMDb, and her IMDb listing has her character's name as Swell, S-W-E-L-L. <gasps> okay. So this is, this is a detail that I can't even accept because it's just not part of my reality. Yeah, no. Yeah. I think you should spell it however you want to. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this, you know, this little turn of events is is certainly some, some movie magic where, uh, yeah, Rose, she can't be a dumb dumb, but she looks at Swell's resume and was like, 
Look at look at these qualifications. You shouldn't be a receptionist. I need you as my executive administrative assistant. And more importantly, I need it to not be Carolyn who's angling for the role. Yes, which adds to the tension, and I love that. Yeah. So, you know, uh, forgetting that in order for Sue Ellen to be hired, she would need to uh, provide identification and her social security number, and they'd be able to yes. figure out that she's 17 pretty quickly. Um, we just have to smooth over that or else this movie will never happen, you know? Yeah, I feel like she's Nomi Malone, like getting set up for a job, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Where are you from? As she storms out. Yeah, I'm. that's, God, now I mean, Christina Applegate is Nomi Malone. Now that, Showgirls would be a totally different movie. Oh, that'd be so good. Yeah. Uh, well, Rose, and you know, I, I'll tell you this, Rose, of course, in this movie has just, uh, t- in my mind, there's no other word but iconic red hair that yep. I, I also couldn't accept the fact that that is not Joanna Cassidy's usual hair. Oh, wow. This is a wig. I didn't know that. Yeah. <gasps> oh, it's a good wig. Yeah. For 1991. I'm buying it. I mean, you know, unless, you know, she, unless she is a redhead and everything else has been, you know, altered, but everything else I've seen her in, and I think it's only been, because she played Rachel Griffith's mom in Six Feet Under. Oh my gosh. I don't even think I remember her. Oh, yeah. But she, that's cool. Yeah. And uh, she had very short blonde hair. And uh, mm. I feel like, I mean, she's been in a ton of things. I don't know what else I've even seen her in um, other than, you know my dreams but uh oh oh she was in who framed roger rabbit as well she played dolores gotcha um and if i'm assuming you also have not seen blade runner neither have i but i'm just saying i'm assuming you I also have not haven't. yeah i heard the score is great though yeah i heard the score is great and uh daryl hannah's in it and she's also in grumpier old men so look full circle <gasps> oh my gosh yeah i love that um, well, yeah, so Rose, I mean, the, I, I love, I love everything about this, like setting Sue Ellen up at work thing. I love the way that she's, to your point, she is totally capable. She's the head of operations. She's, you know, like talking to Sue Ellen, like a contemporary, like a, you know, a boss with expectations, but then she kind of like, once she's done giving her all the, you know, all the, the, the pertinent info, she kind of softens and she's like, by the way, I'm Rose Lindsay. And I'm, and she's like just so lovely and and in my mind this is like if you get a boss like Rose, oh, you're going to learn. Like this is a great kind of boss to have. Yes, I feel safe with her even though she's like this fictional character. I feel like she like we could both take our heels off at the end of the day and just like, you know, curl up on the couch and just like I don't know, just solve the world's problems. Yeah, talk about Santa Barbara. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I think she's like, she clearly has like a lot of expectations of Sue Ellen and like has a lot of plates in the air and like, you know, is going to rely on her and is going to give her a lot of responsibility. Um, but I don't feel like Rose is ever, is ever going to like demean her or yell at her or um, like, I feel like Rose is always on Sue Ellen's side. Like, I could just feel that. Like, I could just read into that, that relationship that like. I don't know. She it, it it was kind of sweet to see. I I love I don't like when someone has like a a nasty, a horrible boss that they have to like navigate. I like when someone has like a a boss who's like, you know, I don't know, 
who's a friend, you know? Yeah, I just, I mean, you know, women supporting women. Yeah, it's like, I guess I'm thinking about a little bit, it's a little different, but I think about Aaron Brockovich and Ed Masry and Aaron Brockovich. Yes. Where yes. it's like, oh, I love, this is a, I guess what I'm kind of, feeling is this is a different kind of relationship than we usually see usually it's like oh god i'm afraid of the boss you know yeah she's nurturing and you know but equal parts nurturing and equal parts just like absent as well too but i'm always happy to see her and she has some great lines i laughed out loud when she said we're so in sync after Uh she like looks at the first report that Kathy, oh, we have to talk about Kathy. Oh, yes, yeah, the, uh, this is exquisite. We're so in sync. Yeah, um, it's just like such a weird line, but it, it works. And I, and we will talk about Kathy, but I, I also, I love that there is also this layer of Rose that she, when it comes to then her love life and it comes to Gus, then like this woman who we see being so capable and being such like a boss bitch on the phone with the, you know, uh, the, the, the superintendent of schools and all that shit. Then when it comes to Gus, she is just, am I glowing? I'm glowing. I'm glowing. This man makes me glow. You know, like she just <laughs> goes to pieces. Yeah, every girl over 25 should have a cucumber in the house. I was like, whoa. Oh, a line I did not understand for years. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. It's so funny. Like, Rose. Ugh. And what's that part where she's like, she's getting ready for her date with um, with Gus at one point, and she's got that little like vanity that she takes out of her desk, and she looks in the yep. mirror, and she holds her, her, she pulls her like cheeks down, and she goes, God, I really need to get away. Yes. <laughs> I wrote that one down too. It's so funny. Oh my god, she's so great. Um, so mentioning Gus, uh, we we very quickly also meet John Getz's character Gus, who's another executive at the company, who is. I mean, it's so funny watching like the slimy corporate dude, like you know, sexually harassing you know the the, the young new administ- administrative assistant in a movie in 1991, and I'm like, wow, this is like. This hasn't aged at all. <laughs> this hasn't aged at all. I know, right? He's just such a different type of slime ball. Like, I, I almost imagine, like, David Duchovny being that role. Mm-hmm. Um, or what's his face? Oh, gosh, here we go. 25,000. He uh, he was in House Arrest. He was the asshole with the mustache in House Arrest. Christopher McDonald. And, yes, uh-huh. something like that. Someone, a Christopher McDonald type. Um, because he's, he's like, kind of hokey. Uh, just like kind of like these little like his hand gestures that he does and uh but again white wine spritzer maybe oh my god maybe maybe why not you know i love a slime ball with a little bit of power you know yeah um but then i'll like sneak out while he's sleeping you know what i mean yes like i'm not gonna respect him enough no jesus um I I mean he's to me he John Getz has been in you know, 137 things according to IMDb and I will only ever think of John Getz as Gus. Uh, to me this is just imprinted. Yeah, I mean given the history I I couldn't couldn't see why you would. Yeah. Well, you may recognize him from the movie The Social Network. Oh, no way. He plays a character named Psy. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen it, but that's just what IMDb told me. And I thought, well, you know that. You've seen that movie. Right. I feel like he's like a lawyer. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. He would play a lawyer or, you know, some executive, especially at that point in 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 2012. It's like, okay, well, he's like an older guy at the company and kind of role at that point. Yeah. But yeah, he's, oh, well, oh, oh, he was in 
three episodes of the West Wing, and I know as a congressman, I know you're a big West Wing head. <laughs> supposed. Yeah, supposed. Allegedly. Every time I check it, you've seen less and less of it. <laughs> Maybe I watched like, the East what? Wing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in a way. In a way. Oh, and he was in Curly Sue. Wait, have you seen Curly Sue? I have, but it has been since my youth, since I've seen that. I couldn't tell you anything about that movie. Same. That was also 1991. But Curly Sue, that is, I mean, the the three things I could tell you about that movie is one, Jim Belushi. I, uh, there are times where I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. But then there's other times where, like, when I think about that sitcom, according to Jim, where I'm like, oh, God. Can you imagine? Um, yeah, I know, right? But I don't know. I definitely have a white wide spritzer with Jim Belushi. That's all yep, I'm saying. Yep, I get that type. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, so he's in it and kind of hot. Um, there's the pizza eating scene. Do you know about the pizza eating scene in Curly Sue? Is it like with the fingers? Yes. Like- Yes, yeah. yes. Um, <laughs> and I think it's set in the winter in Chicago. And it's just one of those movies where it's just like it makes you cold just watching it because it's just. Oh, yeah. Like one of those. Yeah. Those. Oh, it's a John Hughes movie. Speaking of John Hughes. There we go. Yeah. And that would make sense because he does cold movies in Chicago. Oh, John. Yeah. Uh, speaking of cold movies in Chicago, by the way, um I think at some point in our podcasting career, we should do an episode on Uncle Buck. Never seen it. Oh, what a joy. Oh, I love Uncle Buck. I didn't grow up with it. I feel like that I might have even loved it even more. But I saw it as an adult, and I just I, I wish I grew up with it. It's such a good movie. Laurie Metcalf is in Uncle Buck. Whoa. Yeah. So... Okay. So I, I mean, Queen John Candy. Queen really. Queen John Candy for sure. Queen yeah. John Candy for sure. Um, and Macaulay Culkin's very funny in it. Oh, nice. Yeah. I. Oh gosh. I don't even. I haven't seen any of it. Oh so wow! 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 I don't know how these movies just like evaded I know. you. Yeah. I think what was I was just like watching Disney movies. I was just watching like The Lion King. Okay. But that came out in '94, so I think '94. I like it. it was like a lion, a lion king. I was gonna say Aladdin and uh, the Lion King, and you know, eventually Clue made its way in there. And I don't know, I don't know what I was doing. And, and like I, it's like I want to blame my mom. I'm like, why didn't you show me more movies? That's like the coolest thing about having kids. Mm-hmm. Is that she showed me Grease though, and I fucking loved Grease. I like rocked my world. Yeah, well, but I she, saw it. She really reaped the benefits of that one. You know, you want yeah. a gay son, you show him Grease. You know, I know. Yes, yeah. that was that was a moment. Um, well, Uncle Buck will be, so, okay, well, while we're on the topic of movies that, like, wait, have you seen and in the thread of, let's just, because, and that's relevant to this, because I think Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead is kind of in the same, on the same shelf as a lot of these movies. Yeah. Have you seen Adventures in Babysitting? No. Oh, Elizabeth Shue. Oh. Oh. And, uh, what's his name? Anthony Rapp is in it. Yes, I think we talked about this last week, didn't we? Because we said Anthony Rapp. In my mind, we did, but who knows? I don't know if we talked about Adventures in Babysitting, but we probably talked about him at some point in some way. I thought we said Anthony Rapp's name. I mean, obviously, we said it like a couple weeks ago for my B-Day, but um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, uh, you know, uh, he made a big deal about going over to Mastodon. I don't know how that's going with Twitter going haywire. That was like his He like changed his like Twitter profile to like Anthony rap on Mastodon. And I'm like, 
are you are you still updating Mastodon? Do you know what I'm talking about with Mastodon? I don't actually. Oh, That's how so disconnected I am. I think it's like kind of like a Twitter alternative. And once Elon Musk bought Twitter and like stuff was happening with the blue check marks and everyone was like, you know, oh, the world's ending. Twitter is crashing. We got to get out of here. We're going to Mastodon. You know, like it was just another one of these like social media platforms that was supposed to be kind of like the the Noah's Ark away from Twitter. But like Twitter's still here, you know? And so yeah. it makes me wonder like, well, unfortunately it didn't fall apart, I guess yet. So uh, whenever I think of like people, fl- you know, fleeing to other social media platforms, I think immediately of Anthony Rapp going to Mastodon. And Mastodon. Yeah. It sounds like a gay app for something for some reason. I know. No, totally. Um, actually fun connection to adventures and babysitting. Uh, Keith Coogan, who plays Kenny, is also in Adventures in Babysitting. And he plays oh, wow. Brad, uh, who is one of the kids that Elizabeth Shue is babysitting. Nice. Yeah. Making the rounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, anyway. Um, and the other thing I took me along while we're talking about the kids, uh, and not Adventures in Babysitting, but in Don't Tell Mom and the Babysitter's Dead, it took me a long time to realize that... Um, the kid who plays Walter is not the same kid who played Robbie in Poltergeist. Yes, I was I was like, where is this kid from? I could not figure it out. And I, I don't think I still know. I looked through his IMDb and it, you know, when you come up with like, you think you search for this answer and then the answer is right, but it doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, that's, I guess that's what I know him from. Yeah, it just didn't sit well with me but i don't know robert gorman somewhere along the way you and robert gorman crossed paths i know right he just feels was it the (sighs) movie forever young i don't know that's another one of those like hbo as a kid kind of movies forever young where i've seen it probably like i've probably seen 65 percent of forever young like seven times (laughs) you do the math on that one (laughs) yeah um but jamie lee curtis is in it Ugh, Jamie Lee. Do you know anything what, about Forever Jamie Young? Lee? Jamie Lee, you're what's the oh Ariana Jamie DeVos? Jamie uh, Jamie Lee? We're you're all of us. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and she's like bopping in the yeah. background. Oh God, we're gonna talk about that on, that on the after show, folks. So if there's any reason to sign up for Patreon, it's that. Yeah, we're gonna do the thing. Uh, <laughs> and I'll assume you haven't seen Forever Young, and you have no idea what this movie. No, is. I have no idea what oh, that okay. means. Yeah. Oh my God, with Mel Gibson. Uh, Oh man, I I just wish you grew up with HBO. I just I think that's I think that must be the yeah. because if I really think about it, I really think it's not as much TBS and USA and TNT. It really was HBO. Growing up with HBO as a kid, I think changed everything. I can get on board with that. We we didn't have it. Um, but and, and Keanu's seen like so many movies, but he also worked at a video rental store too. So like, really? Yeah. Which one was it? A, a big? Oh, I don't even. I don't think it was any like major. West Coast video, Hollywood I know, right? Video. I don't think yeah. it was that. Um, yeah, it's it's. I don't know if he he probably mentioned the name once or twice, and I just forgot. But he it was one of his favorite jobs. Oh, <laughs> I would I would love that. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. Working at a video store, absolutely. Let's talk about Kathy. Let's talk about Kathy. So uh, obviously, swells a little in over her head at GAW. And while she's uh, contending with a fax machine, which was incredibly relatable content, I don't think I ever learned how to fax something correctly. Oh, gosh. I I would not even know what to do. Yeah. Uh, She meets uh, another another admin at GAW, Kathy, played by Kimmy Robertson. 
Everyone needs a Kathy. I love Kathy. Kathy is a great, she's in like four scenes. It's a great role. I think that she, I think she makes so much of this little scene. She's like, oh, wow, you work for Rose Lindsay. Oh, I, I you know, I really, I, I, I went auditioned. I interviewed for that job, but my resume wasn't good enough. Like she, she plays all these little notes in this scene with Sue Ellen, their first scene together. Yeah, she kind of has like Sheila McCarthy vibes. You know what I mean? Mm. When a corrupt homemaker, like, but it, I don't know. I just, I I liked her immediately. I don't know if it was the voice or like you said, just like the way that she entered a room. I was like, okay, you're like the assistant to the BSA or, or maybe, I don't know, like a featured ensemble in a way. But um, gosh, when she carries, like just looking at the technology back in 1991 is so funny to look at. And just like that report, even that like Rose flips through. The QED it's just, report. Like, hieroglyphics. I mean, it looks like it's all printed on, like, dot matrix paper. Or, you know, yes. the paper that has the little uh, thing you can tear off the side. The little, yeah, the perforated edges. The perforated edges. edges. And, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, why? Yeah. And and what are we looking at here? You know, like, that's that's the thing. And, I, I mean, you and I both had, like, had or, had, you know, in your case, have, like, corporate jobs where, like, you're doing a lot of, like, you know, digital stuff and digital records and emails and whatnot. And, like, there is that sense of when I think about, like, working in an office in the 90s or the 80s or the 70s or whatever where it's like oh there was just so much there was so much paperwork and there were so many files and everything was so clunky because you know what i mean like it was just mm -hmm. uh, oh my it all just and like and, and what do you do when you're bored at work you know you can't you, you can't do anything you just sit at your desk you know i know i never because i started my when I went back into like the corporate world, I started in like October of 2020. So like I never got that experience or at least like at the level I'm at now. Mm. Um, like, cause I, when I worked there before I was like in customer support and you were like chained to your desk and just taking calls all day. But yeah, just like walking around and chatting. It's like so foreign. I, I, I don't know what it's like. I mean, yeah, all of that is like that I've experienced that kind of like the, the socializing in the office kind of energy. It is, it is strange to think about now like oh what a what a weird thing to like you know spend your day together in an office you know and like not even be working all the time you know um, yeah I think of like my breaks at home that I take and I'm just like ew god I would have to like pretend I'm working all day yeah you know what I mean and doing work but like like you said like if you're bored at work you just have to like find something to do <laughs> oh my god I I'll at so many jobs I have oh Marco is uh, doing parkour in the office right now. Um, <laughs> it's so many jobs. I have like, I've had that experience of just trying to look busy. And then just like, if somebody walks by, like opening a spreadsheet, you know what I mean? And, yep. and it's so like, Oh God, what am I, do what are we doing? This is so dumb, you know? Yeah. But it's just like the nature of the beast. Like the idea of going to like the cafeteria, you know, like the office cafeteria, Oh God, yes. And I've done that. Like I know what that looks like. It, it's just it's just so I think there's that sense of like, wow, high school really isn't over. Like we've really just changed the dress code and the menu, you know? Yep. Same clicks, yeah. same sort of situation. Absolutely. Same anxiety about sitting alone, all that stuff. Yeah. I know. And like, but don't sit with me at the same time. Right, yeah. but also don't sit with me. Yeah. Uh yeah. Well, thank God for Kathy. I feel like I've had I've I've I have had a lot of Kathy's in my in my 
my work days. Like someone who's like a nice person, maybe a little bit of a beta, but like willing to help, you know? Yeah. And has been there for a while. Mm -hmm. And it's good good at what she does. Yeah. So things are going pretty well at General Apparel West for uh, for Sue Ellen. Things are going pretty swell. She's got, in 1991, she's got a job that's paying her almost $38,000, which, you know, uh, that's more than I made at my first job in 2007. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, I feel like adjusting for inflation, that's pretty great yeah. for her. I mean, I, I know there was that episode you did with Amanda and Jody where you thought that a million dollars. What was it? I was like a billion. It's a dollar. billion today. Um, <laughs> I so I won't try to do that math, but let's assume that today that would be a starting salary of like sixty five thousand. You know? Yeah. Which is, you I know, agree. I mean, yeah. When I started, when I moved to New York in two thousand seven, and and. You know, for folks in other cities, this might not seem like a big deal, but like New York is so stupid expensive that the, you know, uh, the salaries have to be proportionate. And my first job at Condé Nast, and I did a lot of work uh, at 22 years old, but I think I made $33,000 a year. That was my first salary. And I remember fantasizing of like, because one of my coworkers made 40 and I was like, oh, what I would do with that extra money, you know? Oh, I know. And now but it's there's... like 40. Good God, I'd be on the streets, you know? Yeah. I did look it up, folks. $37,000 in 1991 would be the equivalent of 81272 oh. But then there's another one that says like 87. Or in the, and then 82. So in the 80s. definitely above 80. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. That's incredible. Wow. Good for her. That. Also, Jesus Christ, that's incredible. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, I, someone I want to mention uh, at General Apparel West that Sue Ellen meets is, uh, in some ways, it's like potentially one of the first gay men I ever saw in media. And it's never confirmed, but we can assume that Franklin... Yes. Franklin in the Warehouse, uh, played by... Oh, he's been in a whole bunch of things. Uh, Sidney Lassick, um, who is in Carrie as well. Uh, he was, I, I truly feel like was like the first, one of the first, you know, queer men I ever saw in a movie. I know he's such a goose. I really liked him. I wish we saw more of Franklin, but I'm glad that we got to see him at all. He's just this little turtle, you know, uh, <laughs> you're going to oh, say turd. He's just this little, little turd, turd that yeah. works in the warehouse. Turd in the warehouse. Uh, oh, <laughs> no, geez. Well, I know you could just sign this form for me. Like, he's just like, he's just this sweet little turtle. Yeah, he definitely is. Yeah. And when she says like goodbye to him at the end, she's so close to his face. I'm like, you need to give him some air. Oh, I know. I mean, it it's it is weird how like there's, you know, there's this big so th- there's this big push. So General Peril West, and I remember this was something that took me a while to kind of wrap my head around and it took Sue Ellen a bit to process is not like a big fashion house. They make uh like they're like a Cintas basically. <laughs> I don't know what Cintas is. They're like a uniform. You, uh, maybe you've seen C- oh, Cintas trucks. Yeah, C I N T T S. Yeah. So yeah. they make uniforms, and so um, and there is this big push uh, to have the you know this local school district for the public schools to be you know uh, be wearing uniforms. And as a high school student, and I got to say, some of these details I only really appreciated on, the, on this watch, and I thought this is really smart. That like secretly Sue Ellen as a high school student knows this isn't a good idea. Yeah. And sure enough, I always love the drama of like they have this big presentation for the, you know, the the 
superintendent and it doesn't go well and the students protest and they're burning uh they're burning uniforms as rose says gaw is over like i love again yeah the like this this would not collapse this huge corporation yeah i mean it doesn't seem like that big of a deal but you know it's it creates the tension that we need and she's like housing is it m&ms is that what's called okay. on the ground this is an important this is so important this is the most this is the reason we're doing this episode yes. um so as rose is frantically packing up her office she spills a jar of candy and then there's this amazing shot of her like sitting on the couch with the candy jar between her legs like just yes. housing them and for the longest time i thought they were peanut m&ms they just had the kind of, I just decided they were peanut M&Ms. And on this watch, I feel like, because it's always been, or are they Skittles? And on this watch, I feel like I saw some purple. I do believe they're actually Skittles. No way. I thought that, I, th- I was going to say plain M&Ms, but. Yeah, I don't know Skittles. why I was so attached to them being peanut. But yeah, that seems specific. But no, uh, indeed, I believe they're Skittles. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I don't not like Skittles. I don't not not like you, Ramona. Right. Um, but I always want chocolate, I guess. Yeah, right. It's like I, I think I just wanted them to be peanut M&Ms because I didn't want them to be Skittles. Yeah. What is your preferred uh, form of um, M&Ms? What's your favorite? Well, you know, I've done a lot of dancing with pretzel M&Ms, but that's, that's, a, Ooh, a, yeah. slight, that's a newer flavor on the block compared to the others. I feel like, to me, a peanut butter M&M always seemed really special. I love peanut butter M&Ms. Yeah. They are, in my eyes, the supreme M&M. I, uh-huh. I will not turn down a peanut M&M or even a plain, but it, for me, it's peanut butter, always. I Yeah, I hear that. Now, what are your thoughts on the pretzel M&Ms? I don't think I've ever had them. I know. I know. Are, I'm shocking you. Are you right. Nell from the movie Nell? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That is perfect. <laughs> I remember that when the first time we watched or uh, Keon heard that line, he like screamed laughing. It was so funny. A great Don Amigo line. Great Don Amigo line. But honestly, I mean, you, you haven't seen anything. Now? Yeah, haven't. Yeah. What, what did you what did I just call you Nell for? What else have you not done? You haven't had a pretzel M&M. Yeah, oh. and guess what? Never saw Nell. Yeah, it doesn't even right. know what Nell is. T in a wind, that's yeah. all I know. That's not even it. <laughs> it's Tay in the wind. <laughs> Tay in a wind. I thought it was T. I don't know. I haven't seen it in a I long really time. Tried. Um, I thought it was, but she's trying to say like tree in a wind? Tree in the wind? I think I she know. is, yeah. But okay. uh, I like Tay. Well, you know what? You have, you, you, Nell's whatever you want it to be. <laughs> yeah, are you Nell from the movie Nell? <laughs> Whoever wrote that line deserves like a pull. It's so like, good. I, I love that. Nell jokes will never get old. They will True. only over time just improve, you know? Um, yes. The fact that we have Nell, you know? Yeah. But no, never. To be honest, I, don't, I hope I'm not ruffling feathers here. I don't love chocolate covered pretzels. I they're kind of like popcorn for me. Like I appreciate it. I respect it. I get why I should be into it, but I'd rather have them separately. I'd rather have a bowl of pretzels and a little bowl of chocolate. So in a way it's, it's kind of like that, but I know I I can't argue my way out of this here. I get to see, I can hear your thoughts. I'm just, I'm, 
Flabbergasted. I'm flabbergasted. You are a paragon. That's one of my favorite yes. uh, Rose lines. You are a paragon. Uh, see, like you need a boss who's going to tell you you're a paragon. Yeah, that's that's some reinforcement. There. Yeah. Uh, well, that's fine. You, you want to, you know, make hot takes like that and say pretzels and chocolate and oh my, unbelievable. Now you haven't seen it. Ventures and babysitting Curly Sue, Uncle Buck. I, you, you just need to be tied to a chair and force-fed yeah. pretzel M&Ms while you watch Uncle Buck. I would love that. Yeah. Well, Keon, if you're listening, help a girl out. Uh, <laughs> so um, anyway, so things, of course, are going under, and it is time for Sue Ellen. And this is, this is, this is the most important scene in my entire life. So Sue Ellen, you know, gets the news that, you know, GAW is going under. And she goes down to the warehouse or the factory to comfort uh, uh, the little gay man, Franklin. Franklin, yeah. And then there's this great scene of her with, with, and it needs to be mentioned, I can't believe it took this long, the music. Yes. In this movie. This soundtrack is gold. It's so it good. It truly is. I was bopping along. Oh, my gosh. The music is so good. And, like... And, and, you know, speaking of bopping, I mean, that whole Toy Store scene, that I just, that is the 90s personified is when Sue Ellen and Brian bop on those balls on the Toy Store. Oh, my God, that's right. Yeah, that's a real trailer moment, you know? Yep. Yeah. And that song, I don't, this is like, it's an oldie, that Dragon the Line song. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was I was feeling my oats on the couch when that song came on. I was harmonizing. I was, and it, and it played later in the movie too, like during the credits or something. I love that song. That's, I think it, that's the, the credit song as well. I love that song. Uh, Ugh, that really got me going. With this kind of incidental music while she also plays a lot in the movie, but while she's like walking around the factory and, and oh my, I'm telling you, this is so important to me. This like, I am gay because of this scene. So uh, some guy walks by with a cart and just as it passes her, she reaches out and grabs like a coat that's on the hat, you know, uh, on the rack. And then she turns and she grabs like this other uniform. And then she goes to a table and she puts down the coat and then she like layers in like a, you know, a shirt underneath it. And then there's some kind of fabric she puts along the bottom and then she grabs a brooch and she places it on the, on the lapel. And there's kind of a, the camera kind of pans up to her, but off camera, she's doing this like hands thing. It's as if she's like, um, it, it, I don't know, like she's she, she's tapping like a like a, uh, a a touchpad drum or something. But she's she's maneuvering the 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 look. And to me, Sue Ellen's realization that she could make fashion out of these uniforms is an absolute gay awakening. I love that. I love. I mean, I love a montage no matter what. I love like a cleaning up montage, but I I do love a I know how to solve the problem montage. And I'm going to solve it with fashion. I know, but make it fashion. But make it fashion in 1991. And just the fucking drag of I have to turn these uniforms into fashion. Like, my, I there was so much about like what Sue Ellen got to do at that point that the figuring out the looks that I was so excited about as a kid. I just loved that she got to then figure out the puzzle of how to turn these into looks. It does feel like a challenge in Drag Race. Oh, totally. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. And so to your point, not only do we get, you know, we just go to Montage City because then it's also like, oh, let's do a presentation for the for the superintendent, for the schools, whatever. We're going to do this whole 
thing that would probably take weeks to organize and we'll just do it in two days and we'll have it at my house. It'll be great because, of course, she spent all the petty cash so she can't get a banquet hall. Yep. And that cues another very important part of this movie that uh, definitely came up in our house arrest episode, the cleaning montage. Oh, it felt so good. Right? It is so satisfying. Scrubbing the pool, throwing bags of garbage out the window, just like that first shot you see of the clean kitchen. I know. I'm like, oh, look at these counters. Yeah. There's two, are there two islands in that kitchen? There may in it fact felt like be. It. Yeah, there may in fact be two islands. And they're orange, like the orange countertops. Right? Oof. Beautiful. Yeah. Matches your parents' rug. I was just going to say, yeah. yes. <laughs> and and the transformation that then happens, I mean, you know, Walter and, and Zach and, and uh, Melissa, Melissa, you know, they're, they're up for the challenge. They have their own little subplots in the movie, but I'm not as attached to their stories. You know, Walter falls off the roof, the roof, the roof. The roof. Uh, Zach buys, you know, Cynthia the Zha Zha ring and she breaks up with him. And, uh, and Kenny, you know, Kenny, I think there is a narrative in which Kenny... Uh, maybe discovering his own little uh, fussy gay within. Yeah, uh, a la Julia Child. Really. Yes, he, like where I was watching Sue Ellen make you know outfits out of uniforms, he was watching Julia Child make waffles and, you know, cleans up his act, has a haircut, you know? Uh, and then there's that one scene where she comes home from work and he's feeling very neglected and it gets very flowers in the attic. Yeah, I'm like, okay, they're siblings. I just have to keep reminding myself mm -hmm. that. But then I'm, once I remind myself that, I'm like, ew, why are they talking? I get it. I get where, where they're going with it. It's like they're now, they realize how much responsibility it is and uh, the exhaustion of parenting these kids, but they're brother and sister. It just gets a little like you're, you're bickering like a couple and I'm, I'm just afraid there's going to be a weird bath. Yeah. Like that's what happened in flowers in the attic. You, oh God. And we already know swell likes to take baths and it's true. If, if, if a brother and a sister are going to get weird, you better draw a bath. <laughs> you better. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a rule of culture. There we yeah, go. Rule of culture. Number 23. If your brother and sister want to get nasty together, first they have to draw a bath. That's right. Oh gosh. And but I will say like Kenny's Kenny to Kenneth kind of reminds me it's just like a smidge of like Travis's uh transformation in Clueless. Oh you know what yeah. I, mean? I love that. He does have that some of that energy. Yeah. Go Travis. Go Travis. Oh, that movie wow. is so wholesome. Oh, I love it so much. So we get to the big night. The house is clean and it's time for and, and Suellen's friends are gonna model the looks and you know, some, uh, you know, I don't know, these little kids in baseball uniforms are going to are going to help serve hors d'oeuvres. And it is uh, all going to go off without a hitch, except Carolyn and Bruce have sniffed out Sue Ellen. And this is when I realized, did I say this before? Or did I just did I forget to say it? This is where I realized how much Carolyn looks like that girl from Sex Lives of College Girls, Timothy Chalamet's sister. Oh, Kim. Kim. Um, no, you didn't say that before. But there was a shot where I was like, oh, God, she looks just like Kim. Oh, man, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. So but I believe you. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you didn't say, well, oh, I'll have to go back and rewatch that because I am not falling for that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lucky I got you to watch it once. No, ma'am. <laughs> no, ma'am. <laughs> Though I'll say, I mean, the rewatchability of this, the like comfort rewatchability of this is huge. Yeah. 
I agree. It's definitely one of those movies. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and so they've they've sniffed her out. Oh, and, and of course the little detail that Brian is Carolyn's brother. You know. I know. I gasped yeah. when that happened. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. So things are getting real complicated. And Brian shows up and he's trying and you know, pronouncing his love over the intercom of his clown dog, you know, truck. And then mom shows up and it, you know, and it was just like, uh, and there was kind of that moment of like, I forgot about mom. I got so wrapped up in the, in the yep. life that Sue Ellen had created. I was like, oh yeah, mom's going to have to come home at some point. Oh my gosh. Everything just unravels so quickly. And it's, oh, I would have just jumped in the pool or something. I don't even know. I love the, I, this was a great acting moment for Christina Applegate. I thought she did this scene really well. Yep. She was, she's at the podium and she's like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I'm not like I'm 17. Like I, I'm not, you know what I mean? Like I, I love that. She just, we've seen that moment happen before. I mean, like never been kissed has done this moment. You know what I mean? Like so many movies have done this moment where it's like, well, you got me, you know, the jig is up. Yep. We all know it's coming and it's going to be terrible, but it has to happen. Yeah. And I just thought she did it in a really great way. I thought that was just, I loved the way she said, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I just, yeah. I, I, that feel, ugh. And the microphone gives like feedback like yeah. when she leaves, of course. I was of like, course. oh my God. But you know, the great thing about all of this and really like why I love Rose so much is the fact that like, she was like, really, I'm, she was like, I'm impressed. And to be honest, there are people who are impressed that I hired a high school student for like market research. I've got five meetings lined up. It was like, I love that she wasn't upset about this at all. Yeah, she's just like I loved what she wore to that party. Uh huh. That gold I'm obsessed thing. with that top. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. Um. Yeah. What does she call them? Like a bunch of whores. Oh, they're just they're a, bunch a bunch of old whores. <laughs> I was like, what a choice. Yeah. Um, but I kind of love that. She like lights a cigarette or something in my mind. At oh least. yeah. She's so and she's got that like little convertible and she's just so, so hot, so cool, so hot and so cool. And of course, you know, Gus has been found out, and you know she ends things with him at Sue Ellen's house. So like she's a liberated woman. She's, she's, you know, successful. She's got meetings coming up. She got rid of Gus, even though he's just down the hall now. I can't imagine. I don't, I don't think Carolyn's going to get fired or anything, but I don't think she's going to get the job either. Yeah. I think she's probably just going to stay where and stay the bitchy receptionist. And it, oh, it's like, there's so much of me. That's like, I don't know. It kind of feels, ah, I was going to say the devil wears Prada at the end. Mm. Like when, like she's achieved so much success, but it's, it's different, you know, different types of movies, I guess. But I really wanted her to like continue the job. Like who would give up $82,000 now in oh, 2023 at something you accidentally fell into and could start working at when you're 17. There's only, you can only go up. Oh my God. I mean, and that's a, that's an interesting kind of double feature is this with the devil wears Prada. There's actually, a, that, that's interesting. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot there. Carolyn and Emily. I mean, there's a lot oh, of overlap, yeah. you know? Um, Brian is a better boyfriend than Adrian Grenier's character. He's like sure. the worst in the world, you know? Yeah. Um, that grilled cheese. Yep. That grilled cheese, you know, $8 a Jarlsberg, you know? It was like eight dollars a Jarlsberg. <laughs> that that sentence is so hard to say. I know uh, that's like a it's, a, um, it's not a tongue twister. It just doesn't roll off the tongue. It doesn't. No, it, it's just it's uh, it's not good. Um, but yeah, Rose is like, please come work for me. Just oh, come on. Like I agree. 
fuck college. But Sue Ellen's like, no, I, I need to. And I guess, to be honest, I kind of like did this when I was 23 and I quit Condé Nast because I was like, no, I need to go to Australia, you know. Uh, yeah, and still be young while I'm young. Yeah. Uh, so I understand that she like there will be time to be an executive at General Apparel West or wherever. Yep. If she always if she wants to go to Vassar, Rose can hook her up. Oh my God, I can't imagine Sue Ellen going to Vassar. She doesn't seem like a Vassar girl. No, I don't think so. No, at all. I but, feel like um, she'd go to like no, I th- she'd she'd go to UCLA. You know? Yeah, that, I like that. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with UCLA. You know? Absolutely. And sure enough, the last line in the movie is is mom in that stupid, you know, uh, explorer outfit in that in that you know whatever those that dirty hat. that dirty hat. Sue Ellen, one more thing. Where's the babysitter? And then that like I don't know if you noticed, but that like Brian gives Sue Ellen this like stupid like huh kind of look, and that's like <laughs> the final shot of the movie. I didn't notice him. I was watching uh, Sue Ellen, unfortunately. But yeah, and then the music swells. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. And and whatever this story is with these grave, these mortuary guys who clearly oh, found yeah. the money on Mrs. Sturek and buried her. But yeah, uh-huh. so uh, that is "Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead." Uh, what a! I had such a great time watching it. I'm I'm glad I have this under my belt. One of many movies that I have not seen at all, so oh, at all. So I, I'm, I mean, this this podcast is just going to turn into a variation of the No Good, Very Bad Gay, where it's like we I need know, to right? we need to fill out your your, you know, your catalog, card. yeah, a yeah. little bit more. Like, don't tell me the babysitter's dead now. I know, Uncle, and I've Uncle never Buck? seen Never Been Kissed either, too. No way. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, uh, or like the sweetest thing, or oh, those movies. Wow. Yeah. Wait. I know. She's all that. No, never seen it. So like, wait. Is that Ethan Embry? No, that wait, was no. Can't Hardly Wait. Can't Hardly Wait. I think I've seen bits and pieces of Can't Hardly Wait. Like they're all kind of a blur to me. But uh, but yeah, no. So when someone had like a birthday party when you were twelve, what movie did everyone go see? Oh, um. I didn't have. I'm like I wasn't invited. Thanks for telling oh, me. No, I I feel like I didn't go to a lot of movie birthday parties. I guess, and I don't know. I'm I'm gonna have to do some exploring here and like really what what the hell was I doing? What were you doing? Were you on TikTok? What were you? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I guess I was just on TikTok a lot as a kid. I don't know. I was. Yeah. I was like really into like um. I don't know, like playing in my room with like my my toys, like my action figures and mm-hmm. stuff. But th- it wasn't like X Men or it was just like like the toys I get from Burger King and uh, like other things too. I I could preoccupy myself for a very long time. And we also had like PlayStation and Sega and Nintendo. We were in gamers, my brother and I. Ah, okay, all right. So maybe that's where the references are. I don't, I don't know, but no. I just never. Well. That is why we have the best supporting assignment on the best supporting after show because I can always pull a hacks protocol and just, you know, or force you to talk about a movie as an episode. So we will fill in these gaps. Uh, I think an Uncle Buck episode could be fun. I don't think we need to do an Adventures in Babysitting episode. It's just a fun movie. Um, Gotcha. Never been kissed. I mean, the oh, the cast in it. Is Is that Drew Barrymore? Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. The cast in that movie is before we before we get played off because i i winked at the uh uh orchestra and uh you know they just 
they just ignored me. But I think they're going to give us a few extra minutes because the cast of Never Been Kissed, let's just talk about this before we go. Drew Barrymore, who, uh, you know, has found some sort of cultural moment as in the Drew Barrymore show these days. But yes, uh, like I love that she's got this bizarre talk show now. But indeed, she is Josie Grossi. Uh, you maybe if I think that you would appreciate Michael Vartan from uh, Vartan or whatever from what from that show. Remember that show that Jennifer Garner was in? Uh, alias. alias. There we are. He was an yes. alias. I would have not known that, but I'm following along with you on IMDb. I thought you so were yes. a big alias fan. Keon is. Oh, Keon. That alias. one's for you, Keon. I know. You and Keon should just do this podcast. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> uh, David Arquette, you know. Love him. Love him. Uh, Lily Sobieski, kind of the like, you know, if you can't get Helen Hunt, let's get Lily Sobieski. Sure. Jessica Alba. Love Jessica. James Franco, whatever. Uh, Octavia Spencer. Molly Shannon, John C. Riley, Gary Marshall. Yeah, it's a great cast. I just uh Marissa Jarrett Winokur in a small oh, role. Wow. Uh yeah, I'm just scrolling through to see if there's any like big stars in small roles. James Franco. James Franco is in it. You know, I mean Marley Shelton yeah, is somebody, Jordan Ladd. Is Marley Shelton? Yeah, she's Jordan Ladd and Marley Shelton were like they're like blonde girls in movies from the late 90s, early 2000s, and I wouldn't be able to tell them apart if you paid me, you know? Got, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, you don't know who those people are either, do you? Oh, I was looking at the oh, pictures. I was going to say, yeah. like, wait, of all the things we've <laughs> talked about, you're like, oh, yeah, Jordan Ladd. Oh, yeah. I was say, that. That's the one you know? <laughs> um. It's a great movie. It's a really great movie. Uh, I would love to do a Never Been Kissed episode, even if it doesn't fall into like a, te- a typical like BSA category. Who cares? Yeah, I was going to say, what a great Valentine's Day, but Valentine's Day already passed. Yeah. So, so we can't do it, I so guess. So we guess we're day. just not going to do it. Yeah. We'll just wait till next year. Yeah, never mind. Um, <laughs> well, on that note, we are now being played off. Ugh. But luckily, it's some of that Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead music. So, like, I don't mind Ooh, it. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, uh, where can folks find more of you, Dragon the Line? Yeah, right. Uh, they can follow, or, yeah, you can find me on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast, or you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kuchanov. How about you? Well, you could hear more of me on All Right, Mary, where we are currently uh, waist deep into season 15 of RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Drucker underscore, and you can get more of both of us in a best supporting capacity on Instagram at BSA Pod. Or you can send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, uh, keep your papers peeled because just around the corner, we have got the best supporting after show and you better believe we're going to talk about the BAFTAs and uh, a few more treatings. But more importantly, we're going to talk about the BAFTAs because uh, uh, Angela Bassett did the thing. Viola Davis is our woman king. Oh, my God. I can't wait. And if you want to join us, uh, you can join us not only for that after show, but you can get access to early, early access to episodes just like this at patreon.com slash BSA pod. Get on over there, folks. Yeah. And uh, we are going to go... We're going to go do the thing because Jamie Lee, you're all of us. And that, as they say, is that.